0: Me, Alistair LD Physio here, and just wanted to sort of chew the cud, as you might sort of say. if That's even the right phrase. Um, I've been on an annual leave this week, as, as you know, as I, as I tweeted, and um, it's given me time to have some sort of discussions with various bits and bobs and people, and sort of see what's what's going on in the wider sort of world. And I think there's a couple of things that looking towards the future, how things that we maybe need to prepare, need, need to be more prepared for, or be prepared for as a community of um, learning disability practitioners, healthcare professionals, um, and people supporting people with learning disabilities. Um, sort of, you know, hopefully we are starting to see some form of a return towards normality, um, whatever that new normal may be. And we know that people with disabilities particularly learning disabilities, have been disproportionately affected by uh, the goings-on around coronavirus um, at almost every single stage of the path. Looking forwards, I think the next big thing that the healthcare service is going to have to support or crack down on or or improve is going to be waiting lists, which have grown immeasurably um, throughout this period, as you might expect. Um, And it's a case of, I've heard from a number of sources, both um, me doing some research and you know thinking logically around what's going on, that they're gonna have to form, you know, not everybody on those waiting lists is gonna be able to be sorted out in a short period of time. The NHS um, only has a finite number of resources, many of which are still taken up with battles for COVID. I know a lot of colleagues are still um, redeployed working in different areas and if you look at it, you know, there's going to have to be some form of criteria. Now, the criteria are here being bandied around um, and I don't think this is confirmed yet, so don't take this as verbatim, but they're going to look at obviously clinical need. Now, for people with learning disabilities, clinical need is always something that we've discussed as being tricky. If you look at the 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 rating system early on during phase one of the pandemic around you know the um, the frailty score um you know limb disability it seems to not be taken as a clinical need when there's a clinical requirement such as during vaccination but also then used as a cl- as as a clinical need when it comes to things like the mm-hmm. NACPRs and also death certificates um which is interesting isn't it but it's, it's, it, I worry that that's going to, again, disproportionately affect people with learning disabilities as practitioners pick and choose which way they want to use learning disabilities as a diagnosis, whether they want to use it as a clinical need for justifying somebody getting further up the list. My worry is that they'll do the opposite and they'll use learning disability as a you know a reason and a rationale for not putting people higher up the prioritization list. I understand that the second, um, one, one of the other criteria they're going to be using is waiting list time, and that makes sense. And again, a clinical need makes sense, you know, for the general population. Um, but waiting list time, again, it seems to make sense. You've been waiting for a hip-hop for, you know, two, three years, you know, I understand there's been waiting lists for those before anyway, elective orthopedic surgeries. Um, so yeah, I don't necessarily have any big beef with that one at all. Um, one of the other ones that I've come across um, during the past week or so has been, um linked very much to economic impact of individual and the potential of the individual's ability to contribute towards society and the economy and this is the one that if correct or if it will be used i have a real concern for um i, I recognize that uh, the economy has taken a battering from covid and i understand that um I've shared my concerns around values-based healthcare and value-based healthcare in the past, um, I'm Chewing It Over, and I worry that this will be another nail in the coffin to people with disabilities. Um, and yeah, really concerning. I think if, if this is the case, it's something that we need to be aware of and be prepared for. Um, I'm hoping that it doesn't get to that, but I, I I recognise if you've got an, an, an economist or a statistician, you know, being involved with maximising impact and looking at macro scales, I understand that these decisions may need to be taken. However, I, I, as you can probably understand, have real concerns for people with disabilities, um, particularly people with learning disabilities who are not in employment. I mean, you would say that it would strengthen the case to improve accessibility of employment for people with disabilities. And I think there was a stat that was about, uh, only 7% of people with learning disability have a job and around 67% would like some form sort of paid employment. So, you know, if you paid more people with learning disabilities to work um, in jobs that they were able to do, then this would be less of an issue. However, as it stands, it could be a big one and we need to be aware and prepared for it. Um, Those are just my quick thoughts uh, on some things that I found this week Um, and I'm not very good at doing monologue rambles, hence a lot of erms and I speak very slowly and then speak very quickly as things come to my mind, but we should be prepared Um, and yeah. So yeah, be interesting to hear any other people's thoughts or if anybody's found anything different or to the contrary. Or the same, um, so please engage with us um, and we'll speak to you all again soon. Thank you very much and I'll see you all again. Yeah.